What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the New Year's edition, in more ways than one, the January 1st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, Stephen Ross swings the hammer of Thor himself. Sweeping changes in Miami, Adam Gaze and Mike Tannenbaum out, Chris Greer promoted. We'll cover the fallout from players' tweets. The key quotes from the Greer and Ross Monday presser and acting quickly, Miami has five interview requests already put out to other assistants around the league. We'll tell you about those five men, plus the other candidates likely to see their names surface in the coming days and weeks. We've got a busy show for you guys, but first, really quickly, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the entire Monday recap articles up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now for you guys, as well as a deep introduction into all the five head coaching candidates. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's get going. Very first news item off the top, Adam Gaze, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, out after three years. And Stephen Ross says the decision was made late last night on Sunday night, that is, as I record this podcast on Monday. And something changed as a report was that he was unsure of what to do prior to late Sunday evening. And then it came out that there was some unrest that manifested after that Colts loss back in Indianapolis back in week 12 when Adam Gaze blew Stephen Ross off postgame saying, quote unquote, not now, when Ross approached him. I mean, yeah, you can't talk to your employer like that. And that's when things really started going downhill for Adam Gaze and his future in Miami. Ross was asked if he approached Adam Gaze about giving up some control to stay on board as the head coach, and he responded with an emphatic no. Sounds like Stephen Ross has finally grown some stones. He's fed up with this entire process, and we'll get back to that here in just a moment. But first, let's go ahead and put a bow on the Adam Gaze tenure in Miami. And really, frankly, it's got to be tough for the few folks that are still in or that still were in Adam Gaze's corner after seeing some of the comments from his former players. And first, we already knew this was going to happen, but Jarvis Landry and Jordan Phillips both tweeted out crying, laughing emojis after it happened. I think we all saw that coming. I mean, what are you, a teenage girl? Don't do that. Don't be 13 years old. But still, the point remains. But then the friendly fire began soon thereafter. Andre Branch did the exact same thing, crying, laughing emojis, which is funny because Adam Gaze and Mike Tannenbaum made him richer than he ever should have been for substandard performance. Remember now, he made $18 million to get six sacks the last two seasons, and he's going to be cut very soon. So a strange post from Andre Branch. Kenyon Drake on Instagram had a post that was very cryptic in nature. He put up an emoji of the peace sign, and Jay Ajayi responded to that with the eyes response that kind of says... I suppose this is interesting. I don't know. I'm not here for emoji analysis, but you guys know what that means. And according to Cam Wolf and Jeff Darlington of ESPN and various other outlets, this was more about toxic relationships that had festered over than it was about the win-loss record of the Dolphins, which to this point was still, I guess, okay or better than guys like Dirk Cotter or even Vance Joseph in Denver. 
Gaze had won more games than those guys, but these toxic relationships just became too much for Steven Ross to put up with it anymore. And Gaze inflicted irreparable damage on the locker room throughout the course of the last month and a half or so. And I kept saying that much was clear the last few weeks, especially with his comments in the media and even more so the team's effort on Sunday in Buffalo, getting wiped out by a trash Buffalo Bills team. And the other reports were that players began to grow tired of his authoritarian ways and was his favoritism that he had towards certain players, namely quarterback Ryan Tannehill, who now sounds like the ultimate whipping boy for all of the mess that's gone on in Miami the last few years. And the veterans felt like Adam Gaze made too many excuses for Ryan to the media and by proxy was throwing some of them under the bus. Jawan James, one of those guys who I guess has a burner account that's out there for all of us to see, or it's someone that's close to him in their account. They tweet a bunch of things about Jawan James being awesome and they crap all over Ryan Tannehill and Adam Gaze all the time. But that account shared some pretty good stuff out there on Twitter. I think it was at Soup Daddy, S-O-O-P Daddy. If you want to check that out, very interesting for sure. However, it wasn't all negative towards the departed coach. Kenny Stills, in his own right, went out of his way to say that he never said anything negative about Coach Gaze and that he loved him, all love between those two guys. Albert Wilson said that if he got a full year, he could have shown everybody how much of a genius Adam Gaze was. And I found the latter interesting, given that Wilson played so little to start the year from a snap count standpoint. I mean, you guys know that I've talked about this plenty of times. He played 10 snaps against the Oakland Raiders and made two of the biggest plays of the year for the Dolphins in that game, and yet he was still an afterthought behind guys like Danny Amendola. So that's an interesting one for me. Gaze, on the other hand, he's going to land on his feet. There are now eight head coaching vacancies out there. He already has interviews lined up with three of them reportedly, and it sounds like he might have been working on that while he was still on the Dolphins payroll, kind of a no-no for future jobs, but apparently it's not. But also, he wasn't the only one doing that because the Dolphins were doing it too. The Dolphins announced five interview requests they put out for various assistants around the league. We'll introduce you to those five guys next, plus give you the key quotes from the Ross and Greer Monday presser. All of that coming your way in the next segment here of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Find me on Twitter at NFL and find the show at LockdownFins. Fresh start, a clean slate. I know the song is terrible, but I had to use it because it was too appropriate for this Black Monday podcast edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. So we're going to go over some of these new changes, new head coach candidates as the Dolphins turn the page, turn the chapter on a new year, a new season in 2019. Things are going to be dramatically different than they've been over the last three years and maybe even over the last decade plus as things are going to change more towards a rebuild than a repatch, a band-aid, and that constant mediocrity in the 6-10 to 10 win rage that Stephen Ross is completely over himself. You guys can find out more about this stuff up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Jason Harina, our staff editor, wrote two great pieces. One titled Mike Tannenbaum Reassigned, Chris Greer Promoted, and the other Miami Dolphins Fire Adam Gaze, kind of going back over Gaze's history with the team and why he got himself into this position. But I wrote a piece that's up there, the most recent one, titled Under New Executive Vice President Chris Greer, Dolphins Introduce Future Plans. So check out all those columns up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And right now, we're going to talk about them. 
And first thing on the docket, you guys know by now, Chris Greer promoted to executive vice president of all football operations. Everything football goes through Chris Greer. So now we know exactly who to blame for everything that goes wrong. And Chris Greer will report to Stephen Ross, the owner, who now I think is going to have more of a hands-off approach to his own ownership. And you can see at the press conference on Monday that he is very, very frustrated. He is very I think to the point where he is just ready to say, all right, someone else take care of this. I'm just going to sign the checks and kind of be a absentee owner, if you will, and allow the football people to do the football things. We all know that Stephen Ross wanted to draft Lamar Jackson or a quarterback in general. Has to be tough for him to watch that now as Lamar Jackson took the Ravens into the playoffs. Basically, on his own when he came into the game. I know they have a great defense, but they were doing nothing offensively until Lamar Jackson got there. So Stephen Ross sees that and decides, all right, I'm putting things into the hands of the football people and keeping my hands off because I'm just over it. And even at age 80, he's willing to go with a rebuild and to do things right because the message of that press conference was about sustainability and being a team that can win games over and over again for a long period of time, not just being one of these pop-up flash-in-the-pan teams that can fix holes in a pinch and make noise in one year. They want sustained success on this organization, as everybody else in the league does as well, but it's good to hear Stephen Ross finally make that comment and not be all about the one-year patch and the one-year reboot. As for his new man in charge, Chris Greer, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things Stephen Ross had to say about Chris Greer, saying he was the best option I had, the smartest man available, the best person for this job, and just continued to give him glowing praise. And he's not the only one. He did say, quote, when you talk to people in the NFL, he's one of the most respected people in the league. He's been here a long time, and he's earned the respect of everyone in the organization. I'm confident that I already have the best person for this job. And maybe you don't know this about Chris Greer, but he has a long lineage in the NFL and his family bloodlines go deep into the NFL as well. He is a son of former Patriots executive Bobby Greer. And with Bobby Greer working for the Patriots in the 90s, he brought along... Chris Greer, his son, under the wings of guys like Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. He came up with Nick Saban in Miami. He was here with Bill Parcells back in Miami again. Greer came through the ranks the right way from regional scout to area scout to director of college scouting and to a GM and now finally executive VP of all football operations. And Chris Greer offered his philosophy at least to a point on Monday's press availability. He said, quote, I'm not going to just throw out there, throw it all out there for you guys. But look at who I started with, Parcells, Carroll, Belichick, Saban, all of those guys influenced me a lot and I still talk to them. And to me, that sounds like he wants to shift his focus to the defensive side of the football and become a better defensive team and not get all caught up in these fancy offensive coordinator hot names that come down the line. Now that is just my speculation because there is a head coach candidate on this list that is the next hot name coordinator too, so they will leave no stone unturned. But just a few more comments from this press conference and we'll go ahead and go back to Stephen Ross's comments. One quote was this, Today we are no further than when I bought the team. We have a good young roster and attacked the remaining issues with some older free agents and a few draft picks, but to continue to operate under that practice would be the definition of insanity. We've done the same things over and over since I've been here, and it lands us in that 6-10 to 10 win range every single year. That's not good enough. It's time for the organization to take a different approach. And then he went out of his way to praise Tom Garfinkel, the team's president, about his work and increasing the game day experience for fans, his hand in the stadium renovations, and they're proud of all that stuff, but they are not proud of what they've done on the football field. They want to build a sustainable winner. Even if it takes some time, we're going to look to build this thing 
the right way. So great news there from Steven Ross, a change in character, a change in approach from him. As for Chris Greer, here are some of his quotes. Quote, it's important to have an aligned vision with the head coach. I'm not going to be rigid in my views and dismiss new ideas, but we need to have the same vision. End quote. Another one, it's about knowing who we want to be and staying with that vision and building this thing the right way. The process begins immediately. As soon as we're done with this press conference, we're going to go get this process started and start looking at head coaches. And he wasn't lying because the Dolphins have five names they have requested for interviews to be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And we're going to introduce you to them right now. Up first, Vic Fangio, the guy that has been linked to the defensive coordinator job for a number of years, it seems like, is currently the defensive coordinator in Chicago where he takes the number one defense into the playoffs, into the NFC playoffs against the Philadelphia Eagles. He has been a defensive dynamo for years and years and years. Last year, the Bears were number 10 in defense. The two years prior, 24th and 20th, not great, but he did take on a roster that was 30th in defense before he got there. The story was the exact same in San Francisco, a good defense in 2010 before his arrival, 13th overall. But then in his four years, he got them two second-ranked defenses, a third-ranked defense, and a fifth-ranked defense in 2014. He always has his defenses near the top of the leaderboard in the National Football League. He spent one year with Jim Harbaugh at Stanford before Jim Harbaugh brought him to San Francisco to coach the Niners. Previous to that, he was on the Ravens staff with John Harbaugh, and he was a holdover from the Brian Billick staff the year before. He has some great quotes from guys like Khalil Mack said, quote, he's an evil genius. Aaron Lynch from the Bears said he's a mob boss, the godfather all the way. And he has this nickname called Lord Fangio because of the way he commands a room. So Vic Fangio on the Dolphins interview request list. We'll see if that happens down the line. Up next... Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, and this guy is all intensity all the time. A former running back in the league, played for nine seasons. His final year was in Philadelphia with Andy Reid, and now he finds himself on the Andy Reid coaching tree. And with the success of Matt Nagy in Chicago, it sounds like Bieniemy could be next in line for a big jump to the big chair as a head coach. He's been the running backs coach in Kansas City since 2013. This year was his first year as the offensive coordinator. He paved the way for a 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown season for Patrick Mahomes. He had the highest scoring offense in the NFL, highest scoring percentage, highest total offense, and highest yards per play in 2018. And Andy Reid went out of his way to praise the way Biennemi teaches players things and has a great connection with them. Also, eight of the 11 head coaches off the Andy Reid coaching tree have gone to make the playoffs. Three of them have gone to the Super Bowl, and two of them, John Harbaugh and Doug Peterson, won the Super Bowl. So Eric Bieniemy has a great, great quotes from some of the players and coaches that have been around him in Kansas City. You can find those quotes up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Third on this list, Mike Munchak. He was a head coach of the Tennessee Titans from 2011 to 2013. He's been on the Pittsburgh offensive line coach since then and has put together a great O-line most notably left tackle Alejandro Villanueva, who was an undrafted free agent from Army, and he was in the military for two years before he came to the NFL. But he said this, quote, What makes Coach Munchak great, first and foremost, is that he's a great person. He's a person that has a great set of values that works harder than anybody. He's a person that truly understands the game from a technical aspect, teaching again. He's not going to really worry about things that just happen in football, where other coaches might spend too much time thinking about those little mistakes. He's such a good person and such an admirable man in every single way, the way he behaves, the way he carries himself. He's very consistent, treats everybody the same 
same. He's always the same person. It gets to the point to where you really don't want to let him down. You want to play your best for him. Munchak was 22 and 26 with the Titans. Never had a franchise quarterback, but he's probably the name on this list that intrigues me the least amount, but it kind of tells you what the Dolphins are thinking in terms of getting experienced head coaches to go along with the upstarts like Eric Bieniemy. And speaking of upstarts, the next guy on this list, another very attractive name, Brian Flores. He comes over from the Patriots staff where he has been cross-trained in every aspect of the game. He was a scouting assistant. He was a pro personnel and college scout, so he's very well versed on that side of things. He was a special teams assistant. He was an offensive assistant. He's coached the defensive backs, the linebackers, and now he's a defensive coordinator of the sixth high or sixth best scoring defense in the NFL, seventh ranked defense in the NFL in the Patriots. And Bill Belichick talked about his teaching and how he teaches the players and installs their system the right exact way. Deron Harmon, also Jordan Richards, some players on the Patriots roster said that they're very excited about Brian Flores' future and what he could be as a head coach down the line. He has plenty of guys going to bat for him. Again, check out more of those quotes up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And then lastly, the one that was introduced last beyond the other four, and the guy that I might be most excited about, Chris Richard from the Dallas Cowboys. He coaches the defensive backs and coordinates the defensive passing game for the Cowboys. He came over from the Seattle Seahawks staff where he departed from Pete Carroll last season. He spent the first 10 years of his career in Seattle and was promoted to assistant defensive backs coach in 2009 when Carroll arrived, and he had continued to ascend at a rapid pace, became the DB coach in 2012, taking over the Legion of Boom. And you compare the Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman could be Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick could be Earl Thomas, Rashad Jones could be Cam Chancellor. That could be intriguing. And you talk about the alpha personalities that Seattle had in that secondary, and John Schneider, Seahawks GM, said this about him. He's got a great presentation about him. He's got a great way of teaching guys, teaching that word again, like in a real clear, concise manner, not like guys are having their heads spinning. That's probably the best way to describe it. He's had rooms where he's had a lot of strong alpha personalities and he handled it. So very glowing reviews there for Chris Richard. And so the Dolphins are very busy. Once again, Chris Richard, Mike Munchak, Eric Bieniemy, Vic Fangio, and Brian Flores all scheduled to interview in Miami, or at least the request has been put out there for them to interview with the Dolphins. There are other names we haven't heard about yet. It does sound like John Harbaugh still is tied to the Dolphins. I'm not sure how that works. Jim Harbaugh still obviously out there. Lincoln Riley sounds like a pipe dream at this point. It sounds like he's going to sign an extension at Oklahoma. Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell actually declined an interview with the New York Jets, but he remains open to the idea of going to the NFL. Baylor head coach Matt Rule has been linked to some NFL jobs. He turned around that Baylor program in so many ways. Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern, another name to be mentioned there for head coaching jobs. Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. And then two names all of you guys should know very well. Saints assistant head coach Dan Campbell and of course Dolphins special team coordinator Darren Rizzi all figure to gauge interest in this job for the Miami Dolphins. We'll know more as the week goes along. And coming up next on the podcast, I'm going to tell you which of those guys I am most interested in and also give you the one big thing for the entire day that was Black Monday for this Miami Dolphins franchise here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. gone over the five interview requests the Dolphins put in to make a change at the head coaching position, plus some names that could potentially be on that list by the time you guys hear this podcast later in the week, whatever it might be. And there is still a rumor out there from fansided.com that John Harbaugh and the Ravens want to trade the head coach and the Dolphins are first in line to make that happen. 
I don't think this team is in a position to start trading away draft capital for a head coach, although I would love John Harbaugh, but I do not want to part ways with that first round draft pick because the Dolphins need that draft pick this year, and I think that's probably what Harbaugh would cost, but it sounds like there is still some smoke to that fire there, so keep an eye on John Harbaugh. Now, as far as the guys that I put on the list in the previous segment, I wanted to give you a list of who I prefer in which order, and again, I want to make sure you guys know that really... When it comes to picking out head coaches, we as fans know so little about this part of the process because how do we, how do we know? I mean, at least with players and film and stuff, I have the all 22. I can make assumptions based on that. But when it comes to a head coach, who are we to say we're qualified to make that call and not even being part of the interview process? So again, a grain of salt, but these are the three guys off that list that I put really in a 1A, 1B, 1C type of list. And first, I put Chris Richard, the way they talked about his ability to deal with certain personalities and kind of how quickly he ascended up the ranks, the fact that he could bring in a defensive style that I think would mesh well with the current personnel. I think that might be more of a rebuild there, but I like the idea of Chris Richard. And then sort of a 1B off of that, Eric Bieniemy because of what he could be for the offense and the fact that I think he would lead towards a selection of a quarterback that could run the type of offense he wants to have. Plus, I think all the speed and skill this guy would have at his disposal with Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Kenyon Drake, Kenny Stills, I think that's a recipe for an explosive offense and getting things done the right way on that side of the football. And then number three, which is more of a 1C again, Back to the defensive side of the football, I could see Vic Fangio being a Bruce Arians of the defensive side of things. We know Bruce Arians got his first head coaching job when he took over for an ill Chuck Pagano in 2012. He won the coach of the year that year, went to Arizona, almost took that team to the Super Bowl, won a whole bunch of games. Fangio has been a coach since 1979, never been the head coach at any level, pro, college, or otherwise. I think this could be a chance for him to take that next step, and he institutes some awesome defensive schemes, so that would be fun to watch as well. A well-respected guy in the league. So Chris Richard, Eric Bieniemy, Vic Fangio, my top three choices off that list. I think John Harbaugh is probably still number one, but not if they have to trade for him. We have already been over that, and with that, let's go ahead and change the page here, turn the page, I should say, to the last segment of the podcast here, the one big thing. One big thing. This, to me, is the best day the Miami Dolphins organization has had in a long time, perhaps ever, under Stephen Ross. Yes, the 2019 season could be an absolute disaster, but bottoming out kicks the crap out of more time on the wheel of mediocrity, more time on that wheel of sort of just existing in the league without really having an actual impact. Watch the Stephen Ross presser from Black Monday. He's a man that looked disheveled, disheartened, and frustrated by all of this. At 80 years old, many thought he would not have it in him to change, but he did. Big time. Now, Miami has a clean slate, a respected football decision maker, and a clear line of authority starting with Chris Greer, who reports to Stephen Ross, and then the head coach, who reports to Chris Greer. Finally, some clarity. Will it work? Who knows? But we do know for sure that what they were doing in the past wasn't working at all. And an introspective look in the mirror was the first big step towards getting off this wheel of mediocrity. All right, folks, that's going to be the last time you'll all hear from me in 2018, but we'll be right back tomorrow in 2019. We do have a roster preview still to come. I promise it is coming. I just want to get the coaching changes put out there first. We've got Joe Shad in the next couple of days. That also is coming down the pipeline. But as for now, let me be among the first to wish you a very happy new year. And as always, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage. 
of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whatever it is for you out there. Back tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Escape is in.